And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do you want to thank you for joining us today? lot to discuss. Uh, this has been a busy news week. No doubt about that. Busy, busy news week. So we're going to start with the Supreme Court, and I'm going to dovetail that into three additional firearm-related stories because one is kind of an update on what was already discussed earlier in the week and then two new ones for you that I find amusing. Okay, so we're, we're going we're to give you the good, we're going to give you the bad, and then we're going to give you two amusing stories. I'm trying to help you out because I know it's been a rough week. There's been a lot of, uh, lot of ugliness this week, and that can be emotionally draining. I want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. So check them out online at rbcarcompany.com. All right, so here's the deal. Supreme Court today struck down a New York gun law that puts restrictions on carrying concealed guns outside of your home. Justice Clarence Thomas wrote the majority opinion on the 6-3 ruling with liberal-leaning Justice Kagan, Sotomayor, and Breyer dissenting, which you knew was going to happen. Uh, the one real question here was what, how Roberts was going to go. You know, what was Roberts going to do? And uh, m- most people were looking at this as possibly being something that would be struck down. But there are still a lot of people out there pretty shocked, honestly, that it was a 6-3 to three vote. So the New York proper cause requirement violates the Constitution because it allows only public carry licenses when an applicant shows a special need for self-defense. We talked about this law when it went into effect. Now, there's like eight or nine other states that have similar type laws on the books. You can get a concealed carry unless you can prove that there is some threat that requires you to have a concealed carry to protect yourself, right? So if you're just a random Joe Schmo citizen out there and you're like, I want a concealed carry, why? Well, in case, you know, Uvalde happens and I'm in the grocery store and they go, yeah, no, that's that's probably not going to happen. So you can't have it while simultaneously telling you that those types of things are epidemic and on the rise and yada, yada, yada. But they won't give it to you, okay? Now, if you go to them in in New York and you say, my ex-boyfriend has threatened to murder me, here's his tweets to me, and that sort of thing, then you can get it. But it's still a slow process. So the suit came from two men who applied for concealed carry permits uh, but were permitted to carry only for the purposes of hunting and when going to and from work. New York State Rifle Association then challenged the state law, arguing that the Second Amendment gives them the right to carry a firearm without needing a special reason. This is, in part, the premise of constitutional carry. The Second Amendment says the right to keep and bear arms, not keep them at your home, only bear them on private property. That's not how it's phrased, to keep and bear arms. I went back and I did a deep dive on the history of, of gun control in this country. And I know that this is going to upset some of you less informed anti-gun types out there and you Joe Biden supporters. The very first time, if I were to ask you the very first time that a restriction on firearms was placed on somebody in the United States, when would you say that was? Anybody? When did that happen? The very first time. 1934. That was the first time that it ever happened. Before that, before 1934, anybody could get pretty much whatever they wanted, okay? As long as it was available, you could get it, you could own it, you could brandish it, you could carry it, it was yours, all right? 1934 is when that all changed. For the record, in 1934, I actually posted this on Truth Social, I gave you guys a little background on this, okay? The first law 
passed regulating the possession of firearms was the National Firearms Act of 1934. It was passed to curb gangster violence that surfaced because of prohibition. Now, as a side note, why did prohibition happen? Because women got the right to vote. So thank you, ladies. You're responsible for gun control. It regulated gangster guns like automatic weapons, sawed-off shotguns, and silencers slash suppressors. Okay? That's where it came from. And it came from that because, again, the gangsters, which rose up, the mob rose up because of prohibition, they were using these types of guns and committing massive crimes. We all know about Elliot Ness and the FBI's war against the mob and all of that stuff. Okay, All of that happened because of prohibition. If prohibition never happened, we likely don't have the issues with firearms that we have. That's the sad truth. Banning alcohol made the country nuts. Okay, So... They regulated those types of guns. If you wanted to buy one of those guns, they didn't ban them, but if you wanted to buy an automatic, like a Tommy gun, you wanted to buy a Tommy gun, you wanted to buy a sawed-off shotgun, you wanted to have a silencer or a suppressor, basically you had to go through an extended application process, which included a background check and a waiting period of between four and six months. Okay? Now, that's the National Firearms Act of 1934. Handguns were originally a part of that bill. The NRA got handguns removed from the bill. They were originally trying to limit your access to handguns in 1934. And the NRA stepped in and said, no, we're not going to include handguns in this thing. Now, some of you will see that as, see, the NRA has been fighting for your gun rights in 1934. No, no, here's the problem with that. The NRA was okay with the other restrictions. As I've told you before, the NRA is largely responsible for opening the door to gun control. When the NRA had an opportunity to take a stand against limiting firearms, they chose to limit firearms. That's the truth. That's what they chose. The NRA's position has always been the right to keep and bear some arms some of the time. That is the NRA's official position. All right? doesn't matter how much their public statements that you agree with or whatever. And the NRA does a lot of good. I'm not saying that they're an overall bad organization. But you need to understand They worked hand-in-hand with gun control activists going back to the 1930s to start taking away Second Amendment rights from people. Now, maybe you agree with taking away Second Amendment rights. I'm just giving you the history of that, okay? So next, that's 1934. It's the first time, the very first time that we started restricting firearms in the United States. Before that, you wanted a cannon, you got one. You want a tank, you got one. Wasn't practical or, or affordable to have one, but you could have one if you wanted to. Then, a few years later, the the Federal Firearms Act of 1938 was the very first law to actually prohibit certain citizens from owning guns. Now, the people who are prohibited from owning guns in the Federal Firearms Act of 1938 were those who were convicted of or indicted for a crime of violence or anybody who is currently a fugitive from the law. That's it. Everybody else could own a gun. You committed felonious bank fraud, you could still get a gun. Only people who committed violent crimes were convicted or indicted of it were actually prohibited from owning firearms. That was in 1938. It was very, very specific about the crime having to involve violence for your Second Amendment to be nullified. There are a lot of people who will run around and say that the the Federal Firearms Act of 1938 um, banned felons from owning guns. That is not true. That didn't happen until 1968. So just so we're clear, I've told you before, and a couple people asked me questions about this. 
this idea that we can limit who owns firearms in this country is relatively new. This is not something that is historic at all. Why? Because up until the 1930s, the Second Amendment was pretty darn clear. In the 1930s, what happened is there's a massive crime wave. You got prohibition. You got all sorts of things happening, tons of violence, the rise of the mob, these Tommy gun shootouts on the streets, innocent bystanders getting caught in the middle of that, you know, Bonnie and Clyde type stuff. And the public got scared and said, all right, well, maybe you guys don't need Tommy guns then. And so they started restricting Tommy guns to specific people. And you had to go through a process where basically the government arbitrarily decided if you were good enough to own a Tommy gun or a sawed-off shotgun or something of that nature. Uh, But that's how it all started. And from the very beginning, the NRA was there going, yeah, yeah, it's okay to ban some stuff or to limit some stuff or to limit some people. The NRA was always there. The door was always opened with cooperation from the NRA. Doesn't mean they don't do good things. The NRA is celebrating this decision here. But it is important for you to understand That when we're talking about this ruling here in New York, the entire concept of limiting who can own firearms and what types of firearms they can own is still brand new in our history. It is a brand new concept. And now we're at a point where since 1934, we have gone from 1934 to 1968 without limiting who can own firearms to 1968 to now saying, yeah, we don't want anybody to be on guns. We don't want you to be able to own certain types of guns. And oh, by the way, for you to actually have a gun and be able to leave your house with that gun, you need special permission to do it. And it all started in 1934. So this is why I keep telling you, you know, this is a side here, the other side, the anti-gun side. They're not going to stop at your AR-15. They're not going to stop at your AK-47 just like they didn't stop for Tommy guns in 1934. They will continue to come for more and more and more. And I wanted to remind you that in 1934, the very first attempt to control firearms in this country, they wanted to limit handguns the very first time. Now, what do you think our country would look like if in 1934 they were able to prevent people from buying handguns? Think about this. Some alternative history show. I'm sure we'll have a script out there that kind of covers this stuff. So they basically said, look, New York State can't tell you that you're not allowed to carry a gun or get a, a permit if you don't have an immediate compelling danger. You can get a permit just because you're allowed to get a permit and you don't have to provide a reason. You just have to be able to legally uphold um, uh, apply for and and hold a permit. That's it. So that's what this ruling is about. Now, this does not, okay, don't want to misconstrue this. This does not pave the way for a national constitutional carry. That's not what this is. This basically says that a state cannot limit somebody from getting a permit if that person doesn't have an immediate concern in order to go ahead and get said permit, okay? So if the state has a permitting process and you're legally allowed to have a permit, You don't have to provide an absolute, definitive, immediate danger reason to get that permit. You can get it even if you just want to have one for the sake of having one. Okay, So that's what this does. And Clarence Thomas had some very interesting things to say about this. Joe Biden's responded. We'll we'll get into some of that stuff coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel.
I was just telling the live stream the time that uh, I went over the history of prohibition and the temperance movement, and somebody demanded that I be fired because they said I was a sexist for telling the historical facts. I assume that that's what she sounded like. I don't know for sure, but I'm assuming she sounded like that character from The Simpsons. Yeah, you know the, you know the one I'm talking about. That one. Um, is that Marge's one of her sisters? I don't know. Probably both of her sisters, right? So anyway. We're talking about the Supreme Court ruling. So uh, Clarence Thomas wrote the opinion of the majority. The court first recognized an individual right to self-defense in the home in a 2008 case, D.C. versus Heller. Of course, uh, you didn't need the court to recognize it before that. In Thursday's case, New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin, the justices said that a right that they recognized over a decade ago applies with equal force outside of the home. Uh, also something that wasn't needed for the courts to decide because it's written down in the Second Amendment. Keep and bear arms. Doesn't say where. Just says you can keep and bear arms. Doesn't say except for. Nope, you can keep and bear arms. Nothing in the Second Amendment's text draws a home public distinction with respect to the right to keep and bear arms. Thomas wrote, he's right. At issue in the case is a New York uh, New York's proper cause law, which requires residents to prove a special need for self-defense to obtain a concealed carry permit, which I explained previously. In practice, none but a favored few, former law enforcement or celebrities, for example, can prove proper cause. For example, New York City residents have to show, quote, extraordinary personal danger documented by proof of recurrent threats to life or safety. So in New York, to prevent your victim from having one of these these guns on their person, you just don't make your threats public. Only eight states restrict concealed carry with cause-based requirements like New York. Thursday's decision cast doubt on the constitutionality of those restrictions. Again, this does not affect the entire country. Thomas's opinion establishes a new set for Second Amendment cases that is a boon to gun owners and calls into question blue state bans on assault weapons and home-built weapons. Uh, Again, you've always had a constitutional right to build your own gun. Now, they did, back in the 30s, pass legislation that taxed it. So if you made one, you had to pay some taxes on it, but you always had the right to actually make your own gun. Courts across the country have gladly accommodated gun regulators in recent years, upholding state-level assault weapons bans or sweeping transportation restrictions. In those decisions, the courts have said restrictions on gun rights outside the home are lawful so long as they advance Important state interests like safety. And this is something that is often used when you're dealing with uh, overbearing government. They try to use the uh, state's compelling interest argument. Now, the state has a compelling interest for public safety. Therefore, you're required to get a vaccine. Uh, The state has a compelling interest for, you know, uh, commerce. Therefore, you're required to bake a cake for a wedding you don't want to bake a cake for. That sort of thing, so on and so forth. Only if a firearm regulation is consistent with the nation's historical tradition may a court conclude that the individual's conduct falls outside the Second Amendment, Thomas said. Okay, Uh, Thomas, uh, the court basically said, not just Thomas, but the Supreme Court on Thursday today said that the the approach is incorrect, allowing courts to accommodate gun regulators in recent years. And they said that uh, courts must assess whether a given law is consistent with the nation's historical tradition of firearm regulation. Using historical analogies, Thomas added courts can sustain important public safety restrictions. For example, authorities can lawfully ban firearms from sensitive areas like schools or courthouses. 
Uh, Thomas also noted that gun control measures have a racist pedigree in the reviled Dred Scott decision. Then Chief Justice Roger Taney uh, warned that black people would have the right to carry firearms in public if the court recognized them as U.S. citizens. Even Chief Justice Taney recognized, albeit unenthusiastically, in the case of blacks, that public carry was a component of the right to keep and bear arms, a right free blacks were often denied in antebellum America, Thomas wrote. So he, he hearkened back to uh, to Justice Taney and said, look, his, his concern was that if you allowed black people in Dred Scott to be perceived as human beings and American citizens, that they would be able to carry firearms with them everywhere they went. Why? Because you have a constitutional right to carry a gun as a citizen of this country. So Thomas pointed back to that. Obviously, Yulsa Biden went ahead and condemned it. He said he was deeply disappointed the Supreme Court struck down the New York uh, gun control law. I call on Americans across the country to make their voices heard on gun safety, Biden said. Lives are on the line. Okay, how are they supposed to make their voices heard? You've been out there telling everybody that you're allowed to violently riot on this stuff. Lives are on the line, after all. But he didn't say that. No, but, but, you know, if if Trump saying peacefully make your voices heard on January 6th is a call to violence, then uh, make your voices heard on gun safety. Lives are on the line by Joe Biden. Surely must be a call to violence also, right? See, two can play this game, Libs. Two can play this game. So anyway, he was butthurt about it. Nobody cares. Um, There is two... Two very specific funny things that have happened in firearms, though. I want to end on these two. I didn't get a chance to do the other thing, but I want to end on these two. <laughs> Pennsylvania Republicans just deep-sixed a proposed gun control bill <laughs> by turning it into a universal concealed carry law. <laughs> uh, State House Republicans blocked a proposal to prevent those aged 18 to 21 from possessing assault-style rifles on Tuesday by completely changing the bill into a constitutional amendment to allow anyone to carry concealed guns. Bravo. And uh, this guy decided it would be wise to rob a gun store in Texas with a knife. He did. He did now. Bad idea to rob a gun store. Bad idea to rob a gun store in Texas. Bad idea to rob a gun store in Texas with a knife. He did now. I'm not exaggerating. He's, no, he's, Shot twice. Dead. MNC News time is 3.32. Time to check out impressed jewelry creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. All right, we're going to read, read something here because this is, this is a definition. All right, And the reason that I, I want to read a definition of something is there's a lot of people out there the past couple of years still haven't figured out what this person does. Epidemiologist, a person who studies or is an expert in the branch of medicine, which deals with the incidence, distribution, and possible control of diseases. Okay. In other words, they deal with epidemics, pandemics, infectious disease. That is their job. Now, there's still a lot of people out there who do not understand this. I know that some of you are probably like, really, Casey? Yeah, really. What do you know? Well, he's an epidemiologist. What what does that mean? 
it means their life's work is dedicated to studying the thing that you say, Alan, on Twitter, you know more about. <laughs> now, the reason I bring this up, okay, because Andrew Bostom is an epidemiologist. He is a doctor, right? He's an expert on infectious diseases. Cue my audio, please. He's an expert on infectious diseases. So he did a cardinal sin. He imitated me. And what this good doctor did is he shared on Twitter a peer-reviewed study. Now, on this peer-reviewed study, it has been found that, um, yeah, the Pfizer vaccine has an effect on sperm count. So he shared it. He's now been suspended by Twitter. Why? Well, because Twitter is... America is brought to you by... Health Watch sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360. Brought to you by Pfizer. ABC News Nightline. Brought to you by Pfizer. Making a difference. Brought to you by Pfizer. CNN Tonight. Brought to you by Pfizer. Early start. Brought to you by Pfizer. Friday night on Aaron Burnett out front. Brought to you by Pfizer. This week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you by Pfizer. This weather report brought to you by Pfizer. Today's countdown to the royal wedding is brought to you by Pfizer. And now a CBS Sports update brought to you by Pfizer. Meet the press. Data download. Brought to you by Pfizer. This portion of CBS This Morning sponsored by Pfizer. On how to find the hidden sugars in the American family diet. Sponsored by Pfizer. Yeah, so is Twitter. Twitter sponsored by Pfizer. So this epidemiologist, this expert in the spread of disease, simply linked to a peer-reviewed study which showed that the Pfizer vaccine affected sperm counts, which is something that's been speculated for some time. Uh, this was a study that was done in Israel, okay, which is where, by the way, most of the West is getting their, their major uh, COVID research because of the way that the health system and the government is set up in Israel. It makes data collection. They're not, they're not as free, okay, as us. So their data collection and their ability to do this research very, very fast is kind of unparalleled. So the study is titled COVID-19 Vaccination BNT162B2 Temporarily Impairs Semen Concentration and Total Motile Count Among Semen Donors. Okay, that's the study. So Dr. Bostom linked to it. That's it. That's all he did. Okay. So this is the actual tweet. Now, uh, on his Twitter, it's, you know, at Andrew Bostom, Andrew Bostom, MD, MS. This is the actual tweet. Primary COVID-19 BNT162B mRNA vaccination temporarily impairs semen concentration and total motile count among semen donors with apparent rebound. Okay. But no data on boostering effect. Does boostering yield another decline? And then that's it. He linked to the study. That's all he did. That's all he, Was there anything in that that was opinion-based? Anything at all? Because some people might, well, what did he say about it, though? What did he say about the study? All he did was link to the study with the study's findings, which in the study say temporarily impairs. No data on boosting. So why is he suspended? Of course, Twitter says uh, that this is a violation 
of their terms of service, which is not a violation of the terms of service. It's just them deciding that, hey, uh, we don't want you ever saying anything bad about Pfizer because Pfizer probably gives Twitter a ton of money. Again, brought to you by Pfizer. Uh, but this is this is the thing. You know, All he did was link to a peer-reviewed scientific study. And the study itself even says temporarily impairs. And all he did was quote it and then ask two questions at the end of it. Because there's no data on boosting. So he goes, does boostering yield another decline? It's basically it. And he did a comma followed by another question mark. That's it. That's all he did. So he linked to the study, provided the study's conclusions. It's a peer-reviewed study. This is a legitimate scientific research paper. And he asked a simple follow-up question since there's no data on booster uh, boosters. Okay, does, does getting a booster affect this more? Very simple. Totally reasonable tweet from an epidemiologist asking a medical and scientific question on a peer-reviewed scientific paper that is published in a scientific journal. And he was suspended as a result of it. Because we're totally not in Orwellian 1984. Newspeak totally isn't a thing, and the party totally doesn't control speech. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Speaking of Orwell, I ended the last segment talking about Orwell, and this is an article that starts off talking about Orwell. In a scene straight from Orwell's nightmares, leftists are now insisting that some animals are privileged in ways that other animals are not because the divisive labeling and segregating of the the perpetually woke must be spread even into the wild kingdom. Now, we've talked about a couple of these stories here in in the recent past. Of course, you know, I'm not a social justice warrior, but I stand with women. I do believe that uh, more women should have, okay, what is it, uh, blood-sucking parasites? Not blood-sucking parasites. What is the parasite? The the parasite that they're all upset that they don't have enough female names for? What was that? Was it a blood? It wasn't a blood-sucking parasite. It was some other kind of parasite. But they were really upset that not enough women had been named for this parasite. So they wanted the parasite to be named after women. And I, for one, being the ally of women's rights that I am, I agree that there should be more parasites named after women. And I'm just I wanted everybody to be well aware of that. I know that it's a it's a breach from my typical my typical stance here on the show, but I, I felt that, you know what, they made a compelling case. There's not enough blood sucking parasites that are named after women. So Here we go. Are you ready for this? This is according to the College Fix. (sighs) They're real headlines here, okay? In Salon, New York Times, just want everybody to know. Checking privilege in the animal kingdom. Biologists investigate animal inequality. Squirrel privilege is real. There There are black squirrels. Squirrel privilege is real. Checking privilege in the animal kingdom... Even hermit crabs have wealth inequality. These are actual headlines. These headlines hail from Salon and New York Times, respectively, and represent a growing trend among scholars and the media to tackle animal inequality and also argue that humans can learn important lessons about income inequality and privilege from such studies. Oh, can we? 
you you want to you want to talk about inequality? Maybe we should just go ahead and force you to live in the wilderness and talk about uh, you. You can go on a, a first first hand journey learning about inequality by living off of the land without a house, no air conditioning, no boxed wine, none of your your cars, none of your social gatherings or what have you. Inequality is a threat to our social fabric, but it's not just a human problem. Argued the World Economic Forum in January. That's Davos in a piece that connected human and non-human inequality. These are the same people who are dining on exotic proteins while telling you that you need to eat more bugs. What does it do for equality to eat a pound of grasshoppers versus just a piece of a cow? Headlined, inequality is not confined to humans. Animals are divided by privilege, too. It was based on an essay published in Behavioral Ecology back in December of 2021, an essay which helped spawn a spat of recent articles on the topic. Keep in mind, it's just an essay. You know what an essay is. An essay is just some idiot sitting down and writing some stuff. It's it's nothing. It is a giant nothing burger. So some moron sat down, wrote some thoughts down about civil rights and inequality in the animal kingdom, and got it published, and as a result, the elitist snobs out there, the one you eat at bugs while they don't eat bugs, decided to go ahead and promote it as an idea. What could go wrong? Anyway, quote, mammals, fish, birds, and even insects have been shown to benefit from inherited wealth and abilities. Abilities. Interesting where they're going with this. Some have a better quality of life than other members of these same species, including access to food and shelter just because of their parents' status no that look here's the deal all right if you're the squirrel family that lives outside of the fast food joint in the dumpster your parents were smart because you now have full access to all of the dang french fries that you want that's that's not a parental status thing that is the parents going yo there's a crap ton of food over here that'll hold us over for for the winter we should probably just kind of stick around this general area and anytime another squirrel got the idea to do that, the little squirrel gang got got together. There's squirrel warfare, and one of the tribes won, and the other tribe lost. And you had you had to fight for the premium real estate. You know, kind of like in all of nature. It, it's 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 not done. It's not done. Okay. A flock of inequality examples were cited in the piece as it relates to animals such as hyenas, clownfish, and even wasps. <laughs> hyenas inherit territory and similarly clownfish inherit sea anemones wow i actually said that right i can never say that word wasps inherit hover nests you know what else wasps do they kill other things and take their houses from them why because they're privileged with a stinger <laughs> spotted hyenas inherit their rank yes they are a monarchy hyenas are a monarchy as are most prides of animals. There is a royal family until, like with humans, somebody at the top of that royal family gets driven off of the throne, whether that's killed or beaten in a fight and lowered on the pecking order or what have you. Spotted hyenas inherit their rank in the pack from their mother's and they should be happy about this. But that's for those of you who don't know, a pack of hyenas, it's a matriarchy. It's ruled by the females, it's not ruled by the males. They should be happy that the women rule hyena world. Okay? 
but they're still upset because nothing makes these crazy people happy ever. So they inherit their rank from the pack in the pack from their mothers and these high status families tend to be larger and outlive other families. Yes, because they mate with more mates. They have their this is this is this is hysterical stuff. And there's more to it. This is actually a really long article. But I I want to share it with all of you just so you can understand how somehow I I, some way, shape, or form, it's it's either white people's fault or global warming's fault that there's squirrels who succeed and squirrels who fail in life. So definitely check this stuff out. Share it with your friends and uh, you know, share it with your liberal friends and see if they buy into the concept of privilege in the animal kingdom. What about privilege of polar bears? After all, they're white and they're really big and strong and they like eat other things at will pretty privileged stuff right there can't wait to see the paper on the privilege of killer whales got more coming up news talk 95.3 michiana's news channel good afternoon thank you for tuning in news talk 95.3 michiana's news channel i am your host casey hendrickson I do want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. You can find them online at rbcarcompany.com. All right. Watch on Rumble. Rumble.com slash Casey, the host. If you're watching right now, please do me a favor. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't already done so. In the comments section, I have a video. In this video is... Well, it's a link to a video, is the voicemail that Representative Swalwell says was left for him, threatening him and his family. I can't play it on the air because of the language. However, some people have made some observations about the video. So what I have done is I have linked to the video in the comment section of the Rumble video, and I would like you to go ahead and take a look at that during a commercial break. Listen to the video. It only last like 30 seconds and then come back and comment on rumble if you think the video is if you think that the the voicemail left for representative swalwell is real or fake entirely your choice so it's entirely up to you i'm genuinely curious if you think that that voicemail is real or not he's being accused of making it up so again that's on rumble.com Slash Casey, the host, in the comment section, not the live chat, but the comment section. All right, let's talk about vaping. There was a period of time on this show where I had a lot of you telling me, Casey, stop talking about vaping. Now, the reason that I was talking about vaping is uh, like what we had throughout all of COVID was the government and the news media were lying to you. They were telling you something that was not true. They were trying to tell you that vaping was causing this rash of lung disease and all of this other stuff. It wasn't what it ended up being was that you had people, kids mostly what they were doing is they were buying jewel electronic cigarettes and they were swapping out the cartridge with stuff that was made on the street, which had cannabis and all sorts of other stuff. They used too much oils. I went into the whole process of this with everybody. And what was happening is they were basically buying junk 
that was sold on the streets from drug dealers that were not the actual vaping product. They weren't the e-liquids you buy in the store. They weren't the ones that were regulated. They weren't the ones that were, you know, a part of the product line or anything like that. They were basically taking the device and they were getting high by swapping it out with these cannabis cartridges. And these cannabis cartridges were homemade. They're basically, they cook, they were cooking dope in their backyard and making these cartridges and selling them. And because kids were buying them, that's where it came from. There never was any evidence whatsoever that any of those issues with lungs came from an over-the-counter consumable product that was legally sold in the United States, period. And I consistently went over it over and over and over again. You had people, even Laura Ingram on Fox News was lying about this. She was dead wrong. She brought on a fake doctor, pretended to be a doctor. I, I did the background on that lady. And, and was out there trying to tell you that, no, these things are killing people. They were not. E-cigarettes and vaping devices were not killing anybody. They're still not killing anybody. Okay, except for the ones from China that blow up in your mouth. And even they haven't killed anybody that I'm aware of, but they've caused some damage. And a lot of you got sick and tired of me talking about it. But I told you one day, one day, maybe, God forbid, you would understand why I was harping on that so much. Because you had the federal government and the news media colluding with one another to lie to you about a medical issue to get products banned and to get products restricted and to control your behavior. And what happened during COVID? Mm -hmm. Hashtag told you. So the Food and Drug Administration today blocked e-cigarette maker Jewel Labs, Inc. from selling its nicotine products in the United States, potentially dealing a fatal blow to the once high-flying San Francisco company. Keep in mind, you still get other stuff. It's just Jewel is banned. Following a nearly two-year-long review of scientific and public health data submitted by the company, the FDA said the applications lacked sufficient sufficient evidence regarding the toxicological profile of the product's to demonstrate the marketing them would be appropriate for the protection of public health. So basically what the FDA is saying is even though your product is 95% better than cigarettes uh, and, and people who smoke cigarettes are infinitely worse off than using your product and your product gets them off of doing cigarettes, which will make them healthier in the long run, even though all of that is established scientific fact, you haven't provided enough evidence to convince us that your product is appropriate for the protection of public health. This is better than cigarettes, but but hey, we got a lot more taxes on cigarettes, so you know we're going to keep our cash cow. Jewel, along with other e-cigarette brands, including British American Tobacco PLC's Views and Imperial Brand PLC's Blue had to meet a September 2020 deadline to file applications to the FDA showing that its products provided a net benefit to public health. So the net benefit to public health is if you smoke cigarettes and you transition onto vaping products, you're infinitely healthier than if you smoked cigarettes. The people around you are infinitely healthier from vapor versus secondhand smoke. That is their position, okay? And that's what the science shows. The FDA says, not good enough. And of course, all of this anti-vaping 
stuff comes from, my gut feeling says it's not healthy. None of it comes from any science. There is no science showing that vaping is bad for you. Okay? Now, I will clarify because there's inevitably going to be somebody going out, you're saying that vaping is healthy. The healthiest thing for you to do is to not smoke and to not vape. That is the healthiest thing for you to do. However, if you're smoking, get off of that, get on a vape because it's a lot better for you. Period. But there's always going to be somebody who conflates that. It would be best if you did none of them. But if you're going to do one, vaping is a lot better. And for the record, a lot of people vape and they don't even use the nicotine liquids. Maybe they use CBD liquids like I do. Maybe they do something else. A lot of people do it for relaxation. A lot of people don't do it for a nicotine fix. They always ignore that in this conversation. Remember, Indiana was one of the states that temporarily tried to ban like certain types of e-liquids. And, of course, they've come after the flavor e-liquids again because, God forbid, you as an adult should like flavor. The agency had to judge whether each product was effective in getting smokers to quit, and it is. That's undeniable. The research is unanimous. And if so, whether the benefits to smokers outweigh the potential health damage to new e-cigarette users, including teenagers who never smoked. This is the argument the FDA used. Okay, So basically what the FDA is saying is, yeah, your product is way better than smoking cigarettes. However, there's teenagers who use your product now who never smoked cigarettes, usually because they're sometimes using nicotine, sometimes they're using CBD. Okay, CBD is an anti-anxiety as well as uh, an anti-pain medication, medic, medic, you know, ointment, whatever. Okay, we talk about CBD all the time on the show. We've talked about it before um, many, 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 many times. Okay, if you're going to keep your children in a perpetual state of anxiety, you can't be surprised that they seek out e-liquids that have CBD in them, which reduce their anxiety. Just going to say that. If the government wants to blame anybody for making kids anxious and seeking out a product to reduce that anxiety, it is the federal government who has done it. They are the primary culprit. Their position, though, the FDA's position is, while e-liquids and vaping is better for you than smoking, you haven't been able to prove to us that there is a net benefit to society if teenagers use these e-liquids when they have never smoked. Now, what the government can't do is prove to anybody that there's a net deficit to society if teenagers who never smoked also vaped. They can't prove that case, so they've relied on the companies to prove their innocence. The companies are guilty until they prove their innocence, whereas the FDA doesn't have that problem. They, they don't have to prove their case. It's nonsense. It is absolute and complete garbage. And as I've told you before, and I went over the, the money and everything else with this before, uh, I firmly, firmly believe that this is a, a money grab, uh, that there is some serious issue, even though a lot of these tobacco companies are starting to make these vaping products and some of the laws are now catching up from when we first started talking about this. But at the time, I mean, the taxes on e-liquids was way smaller than tobacco. So redstate.com, 
So why in the world would the FDA ban a product that is significantly safer than cigarettes, which are still available on the market? Apparently because the FDA believes that vaping products such as Juul represent a dire threat to American teenagers. Rewind to 2019. Remember the so-called teen vaping epidemic. In the summer of 2019, the mainstream media reported on an outbreak of teens dying after using Juul-like vaping products. However, this was nothing more than media fear-mongering at its worst. I broke down every single one of those cases on this show. I broke down numerous scientific studies on it, all of the research. I told you where it was coming from, even even pointed out the CDC admitted, yeah, we don't have any evidence that, that these vaping products are actually causing the problem. But there is supposedly a correlation with these black market cannabis-infused cartridges. The CDC eventually admitted, quote, we do not yet know the specific cause of these lung injuries. The investigation has not identified any specific e-cigarette or vaping product, devices, liquids, refill pods, and or cartridges or substances that is linked to all of the cases. The one thing that we consistently have from the the blown-up news stories on my teenager died from vaping a Juul device is that you found out that the teenager admitted to buying these cartridges that were illegally produced on the black market that had cannabis in it every single time. Now, when you were able to buy those, there were some labs that went out there and bought these things at various points in the country. They were able to take them back and digest them. They found out that they were using the wrong oils. They were using too much oils, things that the body can't process. And basically what was happening is the lungs that were used as a carrier fluid in these cartridges were filling up uh, your lungs. So if you used them from the black market, nothing that is sold legally over the counter, you could potentially have a problem. That was the issue. That was the only issue ever discovered in the vaping epidemic of 2019. So anyway, Red State continues. In other words, legal vaping devices and associated products had nothing to do with the outbreak of lung injuries among teenagers during the summer of 2019. The health problems were solely due to illegal THC cartridges being inserted into completely legal vaping devices. The kids were hacking the vaping device. Now, right around this time, we started having legislation banning vaping products for uh, people, you know, under 18. Then it became under 21 and everything else, which, again, we, we talked about, we discussed, made sense, all of that. Right. Because you, if you get those devices, yes, there are nicotine devices out there. Certainly understand that um, there was an argument uh, from a lot of parents who were trying to get their teenagers to stop smoking cigarettes. And they wanted a doctor's exemption to be able to prescribe a, a vaping device to get them off of smoking cigarettes. And the anti vaping uh, cohorts decide Karen's the anti vaping Karen's let's call them what they are decided to go out there and lobby against those parents who are desperately trying to get their kids off of cigarettes. But because of that fear-mongering and that propaganda war that happened back in 2019, which was filled with a bunch of lies, including local health officials, local politicians here who are doctors who didn't know anything about the science on this, because of that, we now are at this stage here where the FDA is banning a product that is infinitely safer than smoking a cigarette. And they don't really have any justifiable reason to ban it. Like I said, the foundations for everything you saw in COVID were laid before COVID. This was one of them. And we're coming up, 95.3 MNC. I'm really offended by that commercial, though. I mean, honestly, 
Yeah, we're sitting here, right, in the middle of doing a show where we have a topic about inequality in nature. Deep river water park commercials come on? What about shallow rivers? Okay. What about deep or shallow streams who want to be rivers? Do streams who identify as rivers, trans streams, or trans rivers, trans rivers, trans trans streams or trans rivers? Is it the four or the aft? We'll call them trans streams. Do they do they get a say in the inequality of our world and new science as we look for inequality and squirrels and hyenas and all of that from this privileged hierarchical societies? I'm really I'm still weirded out that they they did the hyena thing because it is a matriarchy. Trans what? Trans line water and online. Trans line water. <laughs> we want to go straight. We don't want to curve. I <laughs> actually did Deep River a couple years ago. It was fun. It was fun. I, I enjoyed the place. Was, kids, kids enjoyed it too. Uh, my youngest spent the entire two days in the wave pool. So that was boring. Thank you, Harper. Bree was all about it though, man. She loved it. Um, Harper's a little bit older now. She's bold. Our, our, we have an inflatable water park in the backyard that we we pull out every year. And up until this year, because we have to replace them every two to three years, so we always get, like, different ones. And, of course, every one has to be bigger and badder than the last one. Um, Bree has always been a daredevil. So she jumps off of everything. So she's always been all about, like, extreme rides and stuff like that. Harper's a little bit more tentative, which is weird because Harper is my my little ball of hate. So she's the one that has, like, the attitude problem and stuff, and, and Bree's the really passive, nice one. But they're completely reversed when it comes to stuff like that. And Harper would only do, like, I'll just wade in the pool a little bit, you know, up to my ankles. Maybe I'll sit down, but I don't want to anyway splashing me, that sort of thing. Now she's jumping off at the top of that thing, and she's going face first. And she almost fell off of it the other day. I mean, she's all about it. So taking them back to a water park might be a, might be a good thing. Not doing it this year, though. Because the kids want expensive birthday parties and of course their birthdays in the summertime. So now I can't get a vacation. Isn't that nice? So just understand that when I disappear for a week here in the summer, I'm not actually having any fun. <laughs> want you to know that. These are the sacrifices that dads make for their family. Okay? I did have a good Father's Day this year, though, which is which is rare. It was it was it was very cool. It was nice. It was nice to have that. I think I made my point known on the live reads for the several months leading into Father's Day. <laughs> Oh, my word. Do you think my dad's get neglected on Father's Day speeches uh, (laughs) resonated this year? They did. It was a good Father's Day. Uh, And and here's the thing. Here's what I got for Father's Day. I'll give you one of the things that I got for Father's Day. So I got the uh, the Bluetooth headphones that you can have for your television. And I usually plug into my Roku remote, which burns through the batteries in like four days. But I do that because, once again, I'm a dad. I'm giving back to my family, and I don't want to wake them up at night. Okay, but I got tired of replacing the batteries, so I'm like, please just get me like a high quality something or other that you know will do the Bluetooth thing, and I can walk around the house without a cord, and I don't have to replace batteries and all of that stuff. And that's exactly what I got. So even in my gift for Father's Day, I'm still giving back to my family. I'm giving them the gift of peaceful rest while I stay awake and don't make noise. That's what we're all about, right, man? Speaking of, because I know a lot of you took advantage of this. And maybe some of you didn't. And if you didn't take advantage of the of the Father's Day stuff over at Impress Jewelry Creations, maybe maybe your Father's Day wasn't as good as mine. 
maybe you deserve to treat yourself to a nice little money clip. Right, guys? MNC News Time is 4.31. Check those money clips out. Impressjewelers.com. Yeah, we're down to the wife is harassing me about the mattress topper now. So, true story with the MyPillow thing, okay? Before the MyPillow contract came into fruition, I had purchased a mattress topper and got it delivered, put it on the put it on the bed and everything else. It was 2 days after that, I think, that the MyPillow contract happened. And of course, they have a mattress topper, which has really good reviews. And even some of the people on my Discord server are like, "Yeah, we have it. It's amazing." Um, and so I was, they had asked me if I wanted it. I'm like, I just bought one. So, you know, I'll hold off on that. And, you know, I didn't get that one. Um, but now we had, we had left the house and we hadn't properly exercised the puppy and the puppy ate the mattress topper on my bed. So now we need the mattress topper for my pillow. And my wife is harassing me to get the mattress topper from my pillow. So that will probably be our next purchase. But the, the dog still loves his dog bed. That thing is amazing. It is a giant my pillow, but for pets. I mean it's, it's you know for cats and probably cows and goats too, but you know, for him, it's it's his dog bed. Uh, fantastic products. Can't say enough about them. All right. They're totally not coming for your kids. South Bend man took videos of a naked child with a hidden camera in a bathroom. We got this story on 953MNC.com. Detectives arrested a 43-year-old South Bend man accused of putting a hidden camera in a bathroom to record a young girl taking showers and getting dressed. According to court documents, Sergio Fernandez had up to 13 videos of the naked child on his cell phone at one time. Uh, yeah. Fernandez was trusted by the child and her family and had access to her bathroom to set up the camera. According to court documents, the child discovered the videos in Fernandez's phone herself when she asked to borrow it to do some homework back in December of 2020. The child and her mother reported the incident to police the very next day. Fernandez denied taking the videos uh, or possessing them. When police did an initial review of his phone, they found several deleted files, and a forensic expert was eventually able to recover five of the videos that showed the nude child in the bathroom. Um, So... Fernandez has been charged with uh, possession of child pornography, voyeurism, and child exploitation. And they they hid a camera among items in the bathroom shelf. Uh, now, again, most of you know I do knives and holsters and things like that. What many of you may not know is that my company sells hidden cameras or nanny cams, as they used to be called, but now they're spy cams. Um, so we have a lot of these devices. I'm telling you right now, uh, if you go into a place that you do not control the environment directly, be on the lookout for this stuff. There is a lot of items out there that you have no idea that it's got a camera in it. I have worn a a watch with a camera in it multiple times. Uh, Nobody's ever known. Glasses with cameras in them, nobody's ever known. There are smoke detectors that have cameras in them. And you have to understand something. Most of these products work. They function. So it's, you know, you have a pen, like an ink pen. It writes, has a camera. You know, these, these are not like props anymore. They used to be back in the day where if you had a, a hidden camera and a pen, the pen didn't actually function. It wasn't a writable pen because that was one of the ways you would tell if something was, was uh, 
you know, fake or not. But they all work now. You've got electrical outlets that have a camera built into them, and you can still plug your vacuum into these things, and they still work. So there's a lot of these products. You know, I know the old teddy bear thing was a big one, but uh, neckties, that's another one. A lot of neckties or jewelry pieces that look like it's a necklace or something like that. They have cameras in them now. So there are a lot of ways for you to hide cameras these days. So if you go, whether it's, you know, somebody else's house, if you're staying with them or what have you, you know, you have to use your best judgment. I'm, I'm not telling you to, you know, not trust your Mima or anything like that, but you have to use your best judgment. You know, this guy was trusted by the family, and obviously they should not have trusted him, but I don't know the history of that and why they trusted him. But if you go anywhere where there's an environment that you do not control, take 10 minutes and scan the environment. Look for a tiny little hole somewhere on anything facing you that could be considered in an intimate place. You know, whether it's in the bathroom, whether it's a place that you might be getting dressed, uh, the bedroom, what have you, because these devices are super, super easy to hide now. And they're all functional. This was also a problem with a lot of the, uh, what's the, what's the place where you rent people's houses? They're like, it's bed and breakfast. What's that, uh, that stupid app? I never remember the name of the app where you rent people's houses and you stay in their houses for a little bit. Anyway, those types of things. What's that? It's not, a, no, not a timeshare. No, like where you rent somebody's house. Like you're going on vacation, you don't want to stay in a hotel, you rent somebody's house. You all know what I'm talking about. I never remember the name of the app. Uh, it'll It's on the tip of my tongue. I'll remember it the moment I go to commercial break. But if you're going to rent somebody's house, if you're going on vacation or what have you, you know, those are the places that Airbnb, thank you very much, Airbnb. Um, there's There was some stories several years ago. They've really tightened that down now. But there were some stories several years ago where people were putting these hidden cameras in their, their property and then renting it out. Now, you inevitably always find some landlord who thinks or landowner who thinks that they have a right to do that because, well, that's my house. Anybody who's rented a house or something like that from a landlord has probably had this experience with a landlord. It's my house. I can do what I want. No, you can't. This is not you own the deed to the property. This is now my property while I'm here. You don't get to do whatever you want. You don't get to put cameras in here. You don't get to come in whenever you want. You don't get to invade my space. This is my house now. When I move out, transfers back to you. That's how it works. But inevitably, there are people who think, I own this. It's mine. And there's a risk when you allow people to come into your home that they might damage something. And so what a lot of people do is they put these cameras in there to monitor it. Highly illegal. You can do it. Does that mean that people do it? They absolutely do. Are all of them trying to capture naked images of, of little kids? Not always. But, yeah, this is um, this is not an uncommon occurrence. So Airbnb really cracked down on that. There's a couple of people got arrested for it. Uh, we did a story. It feels like it's been like 10 years. But there was a, a repairman for a local electronics store. They have a repair division. I won't mention who they are uh, because it's been too long. It wouldn't be fair to bring them up. But they they actually would come into the house and, and they would go ahead and repair your computer in your home. One of the people did that, asked if they could use the bathroom, set up a hidden camera in the bathroom, 
And they were watching everybody undress for the shower. They were watching everybody go to the bathroom. And and this went on for a long time before finally somebody noticed, hey, that looks a little out of place and there's a little hole there. It's not right. They ended up finding out that this person who worked for this electronic store repair team was actually spying on them for quite some time. And it was just a repair person that they had allowed in their house, didn't think anything of it. All they did was ask to go to the bathroom and they set this thing up. And you have to understand these things they don't they don't need wires anymore. I mean they just they run on batteries and they will run for months and months and months and months. They go over Wi-Fi and there's not there's not really an easy way to detect some of these things. So if you're in an environment where you don't control it, now people are mentioning hotel rooms. Yeah, I, I'm this is why I joke about my hotel room when I go to Washington, DC. They always put me in the exact same hotel room at the exact same hotel. And it's been multiple years now. I think that's weird. Okay? I think it's strange. And because it's D.C., I naturally assume that everybody is being spied on anyway. And so here you got a big convention of law enforcement, immigration officials, political pundits, media personalities. Perfect opportunity to spy on people. So, yeah, there's a part of me that wonders. I have no evidence whatsoever. But I do. I take some time every time I go into that hotel room and I look. And I look for all of the signs. Um, although if it were the feds, they have much more sophisticated technology than this. But I do. Um, I'm paranoid about this stuff. And you should be, too, because, you know, this is a terrible case. This uh, this young child has been victimized now by somebody that's trusted by the family. Luckily, they caught the guy. You know, thank God he's he's too stupid to uh, run an operation like this where where he can't hide that. And he handed his phone over to a child who was able to see that, much to her horror, I'm sure, that um, that her images were on this guy's phone and that he wasn't wise enough to properly delete them. Thank God. So he's been busted and hopefully he spends a lot of time behind bars. And and hopefully he ends up in a relationship with a, a not sanded, not waxed, not polished broom handle. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Hey, you need to boost your immune system. You need more vitamins. You need more minerals. You need to get all of that, but you don't necessarily need to eat all of the fruits and vegetables that your doctor recommends you get every single day because that's no fun. Um, Fruits and vegetables oftentimes are inconvenient, and let's be honest, a lot of them taste like garbage, and you don't want to really eat that because you're sophisticated. You like meat. You like things that taste good. What if I told you that you could get all of the fruits, all of the veggies in a pill, And you have to just take it once a day. And that's it. You don't have to worry about meal prep. You don't have to worry about making room in your stomach for the extra stuff. You don't have to cut back on the things that you actually do love. Of course, with a healthy diet. Not telling you to suck down apple pie all day. But this you can get at balanceofnature.com. This is a great product. A proprietary blend of 32 fruits and vegetables. This is real foods. Not a supplement. It's not some chemical composition of them. This is the real food themselves. You take three pills of the fruit, three pills of the veggies, and you have all of your fruits and vegetables for the day as recommended by by the uh, the health industry. You have all of the vitamins, the minerals, the nutrients that come with that. You're going to have more energy. You're going to boost your immune system. You're just going to feel a lot better. Plus, your body systems will work more efficiently and the way that they're supposed to. Go to balanceofnature.com. Use promo code Laura, L-A-U-R-A balanceofnature.com, promo code Laura, and save 35%. One of the funniest lines in the history of television, it came from the Drew Carey Show. 
and his girlfriend was heading out to get him something, to get food, and she says, what do you like on, on your salad? And Drew Carey responded, pie. <laughs> the way that he said it is still one of the funniest things I have ever heard. That was a great show. Fantastic. What a good cast that was. All right. Casey Hendrickson here. Don't forget to go watch the live stream, rumble.com slash Casey the host, rumble.com slash Casey the host. Well, Gretchen Whitmer, uh, she's got five Republican opponents who have survived all of her uh, Nazi-esque attempts to get them thrown off of the ballot. Five have survived. What was there at one point? Eleven? Well, they have now decided to jointly kind of go after Governor Whitmer because of something she said. Republican contenders for Michigan governor are making hay with Governor Whitmer referring to, quote, menstruating people in a state Democratic Party discussion on how to protect a woman's right to abortion. You realize this is like the 50th anniversary of Title IX, and on the 50th anniversary of Title IX, everybody on the left is who is champions of Title IX are now trying to erase all of the things that happened because of Title IX. Ms. Whitmer, uh, Ms. Whitmer said that she is mulling options of the Supreme Court over if the Supreme Court overturns the Roe v. Wade decision. And number one, I have the constitutional ability to bring a lawsuit to protect constitutional rights of people in Michigan. Of course, there is no constitutional right to abortion. That's not what it is. That's what she said on a Zoom event hosted by the state Democratic Party. So I brought a lawsuit on behalf of all the menstruating people in Michigan. 2.2 million. So there are 2.2 million menstruating people in Michigan. Is that an accurate number, though? Because how many of them have gone through menopause? Because they don't menstruate after menopause, right? Or is my biology wrong? I'm not a biologist, after all. And another tool I have is to go straight to our state Supreme Court, she said. So Republicans obviously pounced on this. Um, (laughs) Has the left gone insane? I mean, really? Menstruating people, drag queens at every school. Remember, Dana Nessel, the attorney general in the state of Michigan, she wants a drag queen in every school. So she wants a drag queen in every school. Governor Whitmer is saying menstruating people while simultaneously claiming that she is a woman who is perpetually victimized by the patriarchy. Hysterical. It's starting to seem like COVID was more like mad cow disease, <laughs> said Tudor Dixon. I really like Tudor Dixon. Honestly, I, I know that we interviewed her on the show, and, and I haven't interviewed the other ones, and I'm not meaning to downplay any of the other candidates. It's just that she so impressed me. Her staff impressed me. I thought that she gave a really good interview. Uh, the other interviews that I've seen with Tudor Dixon, she just knows what she's talking about. You know, sometimes you get a politician who just says things, and they're just trying to go, you know, hey, I'm going to go this way. I think what they're doing is wrong. Sometimes you get candidates who only say what the other side is doing wrong, but they don't actually tell you what they want to do. Tudor Dixon has all of this down. She will tell you what they're doing wrong and how she would fix it. I mean, I've just, I don't think that I have seen a better prepared first-time candidate than Tudor Dixon. I'm dead serious. I am not making this up. I am dead serious. I don't think that I've seen a better prepared first-time candidate than Tudor Dixon in Michigan. And I know that she's not the front runner right now, but let's be honest, the, the front runner and then the other front runner and the other front runner, 
got ousted because well, Whitmer had him ousted. So I it, to listen to the phrasing here. Tell me that this isn't somebody that you would rally behind. Has the left gone insane? I mean, really, menstruating people, drag queens in every school, this is not normal behavior. Someone needs to check the Democratic Party. It's starting to seem like COVID was more like mad cow disease. That is the statement that Tudor Dixon gave. That's a good statement. That is a darn good statement. Now, what if I were to tell you that there is an even funnier term than menstruating people? Because there's a new one. Menstruating people's not popular, guys. They keep trying, okay? They keep trying, but menstruating people, not very popular. People don't like it. So there's a new one. Are you ready for this? Here's the new term for women, because you can't call them women. And, of course, now <laughs> i got a third story on this. <laughs> okay, did you see that they're now trying, the whole Latinx thing, they're trying to make it like Wimexen, right? You saw that, they're replacing the E with an X for women but they're really upset because blind women can't see the X. And since Wimexen is pronounced women, blind people don't know the difference. True story. This is a real story. Okay. Anyway, the new term for, for women, womb carriers, womb carriers. I don't know what this means for you ladies who have had a hysterectomy. Womb carriers is the new terminology that they are trying on to rename womb carriers well no wonder Gretchen Whitmer's catching flack she's using an outdated woke term she's got to go with womb carriers to be inclusive more coming up 95.3 MNC alright we'll talk about satanic schools here in a little bit which um which I support. Uh-oh. <gasps> Casey's for the devil. No, no. Just hear me out. We'll get to it here in a minute. Casey Hendrickson here at News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Don't forget, you can follow me online. Rumble at Casey the Host. Truth Social at Casey the Host. Pretty much everywhere else at Casey the Host other than Twitter. And I want to thank R&B Car Company. Locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. So this is a real story. Okay, I mentioned it in the last segment, but I, this is one of those things that's so absurd, there's no way that you can believe it's true. So I have a few stories that I tell people and I have on a perpetual basis over the years, and people never believe that they're real. So every time, for instance, somebody hears the polar bear story, and the polar bear story is the environmentalists fly a helicopter. They chase polar bears. They shoot a polar bear with a tranquilizer. And then they measure the polar bears privates to prove global warming exists. True story. That is a real thing that your taxpayer dollars paid for. And nobody ever believes me when I tell them that story and always have to send them the link. So this is one of those things that seems that absurd, but this is a real story. This is the headline. A school renamed its women's center Womexen's Center, but it's unsure if the term is truly inclusive because blind people will still just hear it pronounced women. Because apparently it's not Womexen, it's women, just with an E crossed out. Remember, no Latinos like Latinx. Like, they see it as a racist term. So you have a bunch of uppity white women in between soccer matches that they're driving their kids to and boxed wine, 
telling everybody that, no, 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 it's Latinx. And the only person outside of that demographic who promotes it is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. The only one. UC Irvine's Wemexin Center for Success has a problem because Wemexin is often pronounced woman. The term may not be truly inclusive of blind people who have no way of knowing whether someone is using the woke spelling or the transphobic spelling. Transphobic? We're going to... So spelling woman the right way is now transphobic? <laughs> uh, I, you think I'm joking. Mark my words, within 10 years, we will be watering our crops with Mountain Dew. Did you get the reference? Ben's laughing. Now, was it just funny on its own, or do you get the reference? You got the reference, okay? Idiocracy is a documentary. Watch that movie now, all right? Trump is pretty close to President Camacho, all right? I mean, he's at least 30% there, okay? (laughs) Trump is pretty close. If we have a President Camacho in the future, I'm I'm telling you right now, man, I'm going to peace out of this world. I will be gone. I will hitchhike on SpaceX to Mars. Uh, (laughs) Watch the movie Idiocracy. I'm telling you. So if you go to uh, WomexinCenter.uci.edu, that's the actual URL. W-O-M-X-N-S-Center.uci.edu. There's a little section here. How do I pronounce Wemexin? By being still new to the mainstream, there is not one particular pronunciation of this word. If you can't pronounce the word, it's because the word isn't real. Most pronounce it like they are saying woman or women. But spelling the singular and plural with an X... However, this raises the question if that actually is truly inclusive. Members of the blind community may be left out if there is no audible way for them to hear this distinction. Others prefer to say it as wominks or womainks or wamucks. True story. This is, folks, this is on university website right now. These ways can bring attention to Womexin when talking verbally to someone about the opens up. Oh, sorry, sorry, talking to someone about and opens up more dialogue about linguistics. The irony of a university talking about linguistics while using a made up word that they don't even know how to pronounce themselves is hysterical. I don't know how much per year it is to go to UCI. Uh, you should probably uh, avoid it. Now, UCI is UC Irvine, okay, which is a hugely liberal campus. It always has been. But they don't even know how to say it. So they, they've they've named the Women's Center for Success, Womexin Center for Success, okay, but they do not even know how to pronounce it. And since most people just pronounce it like woman or woman, that is offensive to blind people who may not know. And so you must pronounce the X. 
but they don't tell you how to pronounce the X because they haven't settled on a way to pronounce the X. And all of the examples of how they pronounce the X, frankly, don't line up with the consonants in the word. The X replaces the E and the A in woman and women, okay? So how is it that we don't get Wemexin? I feel like I have the best pronunciation here. Wemexin. How is how is it that it's Wominks or Womainks or Wamux? The word doesn't end with the X. I Look, I know I'm making your brain hurt, okay? I am analyzing this far too much. But you need to understand how to grow crops without Mountain Dew. That's why we're spending this time here, okay? At the end of the day, okay, should you use Wemexin? At the end of the day, it depends on what people want to use and identify themselves as. On our behalf, we should be willing to take that extra step to respect other people and their choices. Value different experiences and understand the power of language and spelling. While they make up a language that they don't agree on and they use spelling that they don't agree on. What is the goal of using Wemexin? Let's find out. UC Irvine, ladies and gentlemen, taxpayer funded. The X creates a space for women and femme folks that aren't cis women. Meaning it tells people that all women identifying people are being included and addressed. Doesn't that sound like you're kind of like misgendering everybody else who has chosen not to be woman and is using one of the other 50 some odd genders? Okay. This is a helpful distinction, especially when certain spaces align with white feminists and or trans exclusionary radical feminist turfs ideology. However, there are folks that don't like it And that's okay, too. The end goal is to get society into a place where inclusivity is the norm and exclusivity is the problem. So essentially what UC Irvine is saying is that so long as you're not a white Christian male or a conservative Republican, everybody should be included and inclusive And however that is, doesn't really matter. You can all be whatever you want to be. And it can change whenever you want it to change. And none of us are allowed to correct you with any concrete form of right and wrong. Because after all, right and wrong is a white supremacist ideal. We have been over that before, too. So this is an inclusive way of anybody being anything, and the way to do that is to put an X where the E or the A is in woman or women. I know. I know. I I get it. Okay? It's Thursday, and some of you are like, Casey, I didn't sign up for this crap. I don't want my brain to explode on the way home. I understand that. I do. But you needed to hear this (laughs) because I don't think that some of you would have believed that it was real, but this is true. Also true, satanic private schools are coming. We'll talk about that coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. (laughs) 
And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. All right, so uh, we got the Supreme Court ruling. Okay, Supreme Court made a decision that school choice uh, could not be limited to non-religious private schools, right? Which is the right call. You are allowed the free exercise of religion. And as long as there is a private school that meets the government standards for educational output and academics, you should be allowed to send your child there, even if they have a religious curriculum. I told you that um, this is this protects all religions. There's always the assumption of this helps the Christians and we hate the Christians. But no, there are a lot of Jewish and Muslim private schools as well. And they now have the ability to use the state school choice program. Okay, So parents are able to take some, but not all of the money that would have gone to the public school that their child went to. They can take that with them and they can apply it towards a private school and they just have to make up the rest. This is a great program. You as a parent have a right to choose where to send your kid. If you like the public school that your kid is zoned for, that's wonderful. If you don't like that one and you want to go to a public school that's nearby, I support you doing that. If you want to go to a private school that has no religious affiliation whatsoever, great. If it's Muslim, fine. If it's Jewish, awesome. If it's Christian, okay. The choice should be yours. If the state has established that their curriculum standards meet the minimum requirements to be an actual educational institution, you as a parent should have a right to put your kid in there. So, This whole case, I have to remind everybody about this, this entire case was about an area of Maine where there are no public schools. You have no choice but to send your kid to a private school. So the parents were saying, can it be a religious one? Because our church has a school. And Maine said, no. And they said, you know what? That's bullcrap. And they filed, went through the court process, get to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court says, yeah, you have have free exercise. As long as it's a legitimate school, uh, if they have religious curriculum in addition to that, that is the parents' free exercise right to do. They don't have to go to the private school that's there that isn't religiously affiliated. They can go to one that is religiously affiliated with their school. Nothing wrong with that. So, or with their church. So that's what was was ruled. Now enter Wajahat Ali, who is, by the way, a blithering idiot. Okay, he writes for the Daily Beast. The guy's stupid. He's not a very bright guy. So he tweets this out, okay? Do Maine taxpayers have to fund a Church of Satan school? I mean, based on the Supreme Court ruling, the answer would have to be yes. Right? He's trying to own Christians here. Uh, Well, the Church of Satan has been officially recognized as a religion in the United States of America. So, yeah. Now, the Church of Satan, if they were to establish a school, now some of you are going, the devil, Casey. Well, eh, 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 eh. wait a minute. If, again, you may not like their religion, but they're a religion. And the government's recognized as an official religion. Now, if you're not an official religion, no, you can't do this program. But the government has acknowledged the Church of Satan is a religion, which, again, I think is hysterical because they're officially atheists. So atheism is, in fact, a religion. So the government's established this, okay? Whether you agree with that or not is irrelevant. So the Church of Satan does not believe in private schools. 
They actively oppose any and all private schools. So, yes, theoretically, under the law that was ruled by the Supreme Court dealing with this main case, yes, the Church of Satan would be able to establish a private school. Yes, parents would be able to use the school choice program in the state of Maine to send their child to the private school so long as the private school meets the educational standards of the state. Yeah, that would be a thing. The Church of Satan would have to violate their own tenets as a church to do it. Would they? Probably, because atheists and Satanists don't really have a moral compass. So, yeah, that would be fine. And by atheist Satanists, I'm kind of like that group of atheists who are Satanists, not like just somebody who's an atheist, minding their own business, trying to eat their cornflakes in the morning. So, yeah, theoretically... Under this, if the Church of Satan, which is a recognized religion in the United States of America, they could establish a private school, meet the educational standards, and they would be available to take students via the taxpayer voucher program. Yeah. And I, I'm okay with that. Now, some of you are not okay with that. That's okay. Remember, everybody has a hypocrite card. Everybody. There are people out there who don't like any private school at all. They only want public education. And they're like, yeah, we support private Satan schools now. You're a hypocrite. There are people out there who believe in private schools, religious private education, but would oppose this because, again, Satan, you're also a hypocrite. Now, here's where I'm going to make the plea to you. I'm not making this to insult anybody. I'm just, you know, occasionally somebody's got to roll up a newspaper, kind of swat you on the nose and let you know, ah. You got to be consistent here. Let the free market decide this one. How many people do you think are actually going to go to a Church of Satan school? Now, there's a lot of people on Twitter who are keyboard warriors like, I would send my kid to the Church of Satan school. How many of you think would actually do it? How many? Probably not that many. Some, maybe. I think that for most people, they get enough Satanism in public schools now that they wouldn't really have to worry about ramping it up with a private satanic school. Because in the back of everybody's mind, even if they like the whole pro-abortion thing and all of that stuff with the Church of Satan, um, in the back of their mind, they're still going to think about the occult. And they're not going to be sure about it. And they're not going to be convinced that that's the right environment for their kid. On Twitter, they'll tell everybody they're all about it. But in real life, they're not. If you want to be able to send your kids to a private Christian Jewish, Muslim, Hindu, Sikh school. You have to allow all recognized religions to do the same thing. And that includes the Church of Satan. I would submit to you that there would not be that many people interested in doing it, and the school would be a miserable failure, in which case, when the announcement comes six months after they open that they have closed down, we can all hop onto Twitter ourselves and go, ha, 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 ha. Uh, Satan is stupid, and that would be fun for me. I don't know about for you, but it would certainly be fun for me. Now, in addition to all of this, I feel like I should point out the latest research about private versus public schools. Uh, there, there really isn't a lot of research that says that public schools are just as good as private schools. Um, the few that do kind of show that, they were able to manipulate the data by going to really bad public, uh, really good public school areas um, and really bad private school areas. There are private schools that suck, guys. There's no doubt about that. And there are public schools that are outstanding. Uh, we used to have one here. You might have heard of it. It was Penn. 
Uh, Penn used to be a really good public school. It's not anymore. Used to be. So anyway, Bloomberg, okay? Left-wing Bloomberg. Charter schools outperform the public alternative, and unions are largely to blame. Left-wing Bloomberg. Left-wing Bloomberg just said that. Because it's true. It is the absolute truth. So, yes. Can they establish a Church of Satan school and violate their own religious tenets by doing so? Sure they can. And you've got to accept it. And you've got to hope and pray that the free market and morality wins out and that they won't be successful. That's the price you pay for being able to send your kid to a Christian, Jewish, Muslim, whatever religious school you want to send your child to. You've got to be willing to accept that there are other people out there who will do something that you won't like with their rights as well. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. MNC News Time is 531. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. Somebody did make a good point on the live stream. Uh, you know, you could ask, would that Church of Satan school meet the state requirements for academics? And they said, probably not. Yeah, they doubt it. I, I tend to agree. It'd be very difficult for them to meet that. Uh, based on my experience with the leaders of said church, they're not very bright people, and bright people tend to not hire bright people. So... My assumption would be is that they would fail the academic portion of this. All right, I have to address this. I feel like it's important to address. I know that I post about it a couple of times on social media. Why have all the cattle died in Kansas? And is it suspicious? Yeah, it is suspicious. Now, it wasn't su- suspicious in the sense that I was like, the because I guess there's a microchip conspiracy, because there's always a microchip conspiracy. No, I didn't think anything like that. Um I, I felt that it was not necessarily a calling event. I felt that it might have been contaminated product or something. something suspicious about it, right? It was just weird. Or maybe, you know, somebody had done something intentionally to harm the farmers involved because of a personal grudge. I didn't, it, I didn't think it was a global food supply deal, but it affects it. Now, about 2,000 cattle dropped dead. Now, here's what they said originally. It's the heat. Now, a lot of people were looking at that, including myself, and going, eh, temperatures haven't been particularly hot. So does the heat argument make a lot of sense? Maybe not. So anyway, uh, after doing a deeper dive into this, per the request of many of you, uh, it wasn't necessarily the heat. It was the humidity and the lack of wind. So apparently, according to the official story, should you choose to believe it, we'll let you decide. I think it makes sense, but I will let you decide on your own. I'm not going to chastise you if you think the aliens are trying to get rid of your beef supply. But apparently what had happened is, yes, the temperatures were hot, not unseasonably hot. However, it was really humid. And because it was really humid and there was no wind movement, According to the farmers and local veterinarians, as well as the government stooges, I mean experts, according to them all, the cows couldn't escape the humidity and eventually succumbed seemingly all at the same time in perfect rows. 
But cows stand in perfect rows, I guess. I I don't know. I'm not a cattle farmer. Rancher. I'm not a cattle rancher. I'm so not informed about cows other than how they taste. I called them farmers and not ranchers. That's how uninformed I am. So, uh, Clay Scott lives in Kansas and used to own cattle. No longer. He discussed the situation with the Daily Wire, saying that it was a freak of nature thing, and this type of situation has, in fact, happened in the past due to the local climate. He said it happens once in a while every 20 years or so, where the weather quickly increases in temperature. Uh, There had been a few days in a row of high temperatures, and the cattle had a difficult time getting cooled off. This was another thing that was kind of explained. Usually, the cows can handle this heat for short periods of time, and then at night, when things cool off, they shed the heat. The temperatures didn't drop at night. This appears to be the big thing that caused the problem. Not the temperatures during the day, but the humidity and the fact that the temperature didn't drop at night and it stayed really consistent. As somebody from the desert, I can definitively tell you there are things like that that happen where you don't drop down at all. You stay above triple digits for like 48 hours. It sucks. So that's what they're saying happened. There was high humidity. The temperature rose really fast, so the cow's bodies didn't adjust. High humidity, and it didn't cool off at night, so they couldn't shed the temperature over a couple of days, and eventually they all succumbed at exactly the same time, standing in line perfectly like they were standing in line for lunch, which I'm told by the experts is totally normal. He explained that since May, it was abnormally cold, and a lot of cattle still had their winter coats. So the global cooling, not the global warming, apparently led to this. The easy explanation, he added, was that it was really hot, it was really humid, there was no breeze, we had to heat down, we had, we had a heat downburst, which he explained is a rare but not uncommon spike in temperatures in the morning. In some circumstances, the animals had almost a full winter coat. He noticed that it was sad that several thousand animals died in the region, but pointed out that there are several million cattle in that area of the world, although the numbers seem large. So there you go. That is the official explanation. It seems to make some sense to me. Little Green Men also makes sense. More coming up, 95.3 MNC. Man, I cannot wait for everybody to take everything that I've said today out of context on social media. It's going to be awesome. Absolutely awesome. Hey, uh, Chastin Buttigieg, as per usual, had a hissy fit like a little child on the internet. Uh, Lauren Boebert, the role of the father is absolutely fundamental to the family and to society as a whole. On this Father's Day, I want to send out a shout-out of gratitude to all the dads across America. That's Lauren Boebert, okay? Great message. She's absolutely right. Chastin Buttigieg, hissy fit time. Our two-month-old son was on a ventilator at the children's hospital when you attacked my husband for being with his family. I watched him take calls and Zooms from our hospital room all day, managing crisis after crisis while our son's heart monitor beeped in the background. Um, Things that probably didn't happen the way that Chastin has portrayed it for 1,000, Alex. So we went over this a million times. Um, I I am pro-paternity leave. I've said this countless times over and over and over again. I devoted an entire hour of the show 
to things that should have been done that the transportation secretary handles to fix the supply chain issue, which P. Buttigieg never at all addressed. They never even told us that he had been gone for two months. Somebody else wasn't taking his place. It was completely neglected. It wasn't that he was at home with his family. The problem is he has an important job. There was a crisis and he wasn't doing it. Bill O'Reilly's up next. We'll see you tomorrow.